okay, I have figured it out. I have figured out why the Vikings keep losing. I want you to hear this theory and see what you think. You'll either go, Dave, I think you're onto something, or Dave, you're so full of shit, I can't believe it. Anyway, we're going to cover a lot of that stuff this week and more on the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Let's get started. I did not see the Golden Globe Awards a couple of weeks ago. I don't really watch a lot of celebrity stuff. As you know, I kind of get turned off by celebrities, and they're just holier than thou. But there are some celebrities that we all love. Will Smith, Oprah, Tom Hanks. Uh, there are some other ones that we love, too, but I'm not going to sit here and list them all. But let's go back to Tom Hanks. I guess he was on the Golden Globes, and he said something that you and I would naturally agree with. It's a part of my book title. Show up on time. Not only show up on time, show up early. And I guess that he said that a lot of his success is con- is attributed to him showing up on time and showing up early. And I, I'm not a Howard Stern fan. I've got reasons why I'm not a Howard Stern fan, but I'm not a Howard Stern fan. Um, but I guess the next day, even Howard Stern was talking about how important it is to show up on time and to show up early. And I think that I've got so much evidence of this from people who have lost their jobs to people who have lost all credibility because they cannot show up on time. We're not going to harp on that because, you know what, that's the title of the book. And we've said this a million times. Take a shower. Don't go to you know anything you're supposed to go to smelling like dirty clothes or a dirty dog or like you just worked out of the gym. Take a shower. Show up on time. I, you know, if I was to put an asterisk by that, I'd say show up early. What do they say? Five minutes early is five minutes late, something like that, or on time is five minutes late. Um, and um, uh, don't steal anything. Well, we don't even need to go into that one. Okay, so I like that one a lot, and uh, I just kind of wanted to, to throw that out there. And why don't I like Howard Stern? I think there's several reasons why I don't like Howard Stern. Um, I think that, um, I, number one, I don't get him. But also, I remember during Columbine, um, this is after these high school kids were shot and killed. And he said something like, God, what, what, what are the, all of those girls running out of the school? Look at all those hot high school girls running out of the school. I would have had sex with them. God, they're hot. I would have had sex with those girls. Or why didn't those guys have sex with those girls? It's like, really? That's what you came up with? If anybody else had said something so horrific, their career would be over. But Howard Stern reinvents himself as as you know the shock jock to now he's like Mr. Nice Guy, Family Guy. And, uh, and I think that it's just kind of, I don't know, he's successful and uh, he's making way more than I am, so maybe he's onto something that I am not onto. But anyway, I am happy with the fact that I have never said anything as despicable as, wow, instead of shooting those kids, how about you have sex with them? So pretty proud of that. Um, I read somewhere that one of the keys to a successful podcast is consistency. In other words, make sure that you put one out every week. And Fallon does a great job at this with her Heartbroken podcast and Steve with Murder Monday. And I think Jenny and Tina do it with um, Too Lame for Radio. And I have not put out a podcast in over two weeks. And you and I have talked about this before. Sometimes it's just I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything new. And I don't want you to listen to the podcast and go, he just rambled. I don't think I'm going to listen again next week. So I'm going to try to work some things in here that are worth listening to. Let's get started. I'm going to start with the Vikings theory, and here we go. 
I'm a football fan. I love watching football ever since I was a kid. I grew up in Colorado, and I was a big Denver Broncos fan, but I also, for some reason, love the Minnesota Vikings. And when I was in sixth grade, we had to draw a picture of ourselves next to our hero. And my hero at the time, for whatever reason, was Chuck Foreman, who back in the 70s, when I was in sixth grade, he was the running back for the Minnesota Vikings, and he was awesome, and they went to the Super Bowl, and Chuck Foreman was really cool, and I thought I wanted to hang out and play football with Chuck Foreman. So I drew a picture of me in a purple uniform. I was number 60. I don't remember what uniform number Chuck Foreman was, but I was number 60 in this picture that I drew, and he was my hero. And I wish I still had that picture because it was freaking adorable. Uh, so I watched the Minnesota Vikings lose a couple of Super Bowls, like in the late 70s. That was the last time they went. Since then, I've watched them lose NFC Championship games. I remember 20 years ago or so, they lost an NFC Championship game to the New York Giants, something like 42 to nothing. I had gone out that day to Best Buy and bought a TV just to watch the game on. I was due for a TV, and I remember sitting in my house over in Chanhassen a couple of three houses ago with Susan and Allison and with some friends and watching this game, and we just couldn't believe that the Vikings were in the NFC Championship and lost 42 to nothing. It's crazy. Um, and then the Saints game a couple of years ago, and the Vikings always get right there, and then they lose, and it's very frustrating. So here's my theory. I feel bad because I'm a Broncos fan. I've watched my Broncos win the Super Bowl. I think, uh, has it been four times, three times, something like that? Enough that I know what it feels like. The first time the Broncos won was in 1998 at the end of the 97 season, and they won the Super Bowl. And there was no feeling like it. I almost cried. I remember I went to bed that night. I just had the biggest smile on my face. And because I had never experienced that before. And I feel bad for Vikings fans who have not yet experienced that. And this team just pisses me off. And I know, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I know that it's a whole different staff than was on the, the, the Vikings, whatever, team 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. I know it's not the same people fucking it up every single year. I know that. But I think I'm on to something that makes the Vikings, enables the Vikings to keep losing these big games, and that is the diehard fan. The diehard Vikings fan is the biggest curse to the Vikings because when the Vikings don't do well, the diehard fans pride themselves on saying, I'm there every week, good seasons, bad seasons. You know, you bandwagon fans piss me off when the Vikings are doing great. You jump on the bandwagon, but when they're doing bad, you don't even watch them. That's right, and I've explained this a million times. If I go to Ruby Tuesdays, for example, and they're always really good, but if I went there and their food started to suck and I had hair in my salad and the service was slow and the food was cold and the bathroom was filthy, I would say I'm not going to Ruby Tuesdays anymore because they're not good. And if I hear from somebody that they're good again, I might go back, but maybe, maybe not. Same thing with sports teams. If I hear of a great sports team and the Vikings are doing really well. And hell, if the Timberwolves were doing really well, I'd be watching the Timberwolves on TV. I'd be going to the games because great teams are fun to watch. Shitty teams are not fun to watch. So being a diehard fan might sound like an admirable thing, but you are the problem. Because I love you, though. 
You are the problem because you are going to these games and you are watching these uh, these games and you're watching these teams and buying their jerseys and buying their posters and buying their Vikings license plate frames and all that stuff, even in years that they suck. So the Vikings ownership and management knows they don't have to win. They're going to make just as much money whether they win the Super Bowl or whether they're third place in their division or whether they lose the wild card game. They know that. So when we keep going to the games no matter what, we're actually enabling the Vikings organization to do whatever they want to do. Let me give you an example. Um, San Francisco. They've won, I think, five Super Bowls. They won, I think, four in the 80s. They won one in the uh, in the 90s, maybe one since then. So they've won like four or five Super Bowls. But their heyday was back in the Joe Montana days, late 80s, mid-80s, right around there. Um, but then in the last seven or eight years, they've had really shitty seasons. I haven't followed them. I couldn't give you their record, but they haven't had good seasons. And somebody took pictures of the stands the other day, and the stands at the 49ers game were empty because nobody wanted to go see a shitty team go 2-14 and 14 or 4-12. and 12. Nobody wanted to see that, so the fans stayed away. So I'm going to guess that somewhere along the line, the 49ers owners and management said, we can't put a shitty product on the field because nobody is buying it. So therefore, they did something and they got better. They hired better coaches. They hired better players. They spent more money. They made an investment because people weren't going to the games. Just like if Ruby Tuesday realized that nobody's coming in their door anymore because the service is bad, the cook is out taking a smoke break, somebody's not wearing a hairnet, there's hair in your salad, nobody's cleaning the bathroom, Ruby Tuesday's owners would say, you know what, guys? We're going to hire some people who know what they're doing. Let's spend some money and get some people who know what they're doing. I, I, you see where I'm going with this one? And I don't want to like talk in circles, which I'm really good at, but the Vikings are going to continue to break your heart as long as diehard fans keep supporting them proudly. And they're proud of it. That's nothing to be proud of. That's like saying, you know what? My friend used to be a really great guy. Now he's a drunk and he's unemployed and he is cruel to animals. But you know what? I'm a good friend. I'm going to stick with him. That's not the best example because we do like to stick with our friends. But um, okay, so I've made my point on that one. I would love to hear your comments. One thing that I'm running a little bit dry on is emails. So we talked about this on the Minnesota Goodbye podcast, the one we do with Fallon and Steve and sometimes Jenny and Tina. Emails are the lifeblood of of a podcast. So if you get a chance, send me an email. We've been running dry on those. I do have one that I want to read right now because I got this and I really like it. Let me see if I can open it up here and find it. It's going to take me a second. And here we go. It is from Heather Evans. And the uh, subject is talking to old people. Because one of the things that I love to mention is talking to old people. Old people get, they get the shit. They really do. I went to a veteran ceremony um, at a nursing home a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, old people that used to be young, they were younger than you were once, and they were vibrant and handsome and beautiful and athletic and tall or maybe not tall. But there was a guy who was in World War II, and he was uh, stationed in, like, Alaska, like in the Aleutian Islands. And he was a soldier that was also on skis. So he was in the ski, whatever, I don't know, unit, something or other, and his granddaughter showed me a picture, and he was tall, and he was handsome, and he looked like he could kick your ass, and here was this old guy 
in a wheelchair and he was very frail, but he still he was still able to communicate a little bit. I love talking to these old people. There was a woman who was stationed in San Francisco right after World War II, and she helped bring in soldiers that were injured in the Pacific and get them to the right hospital for right treatment, et cetera, et cetera. And she had great stories. Her name was Helen, and she was still at 90 years old, absolutely lucid and but she was just waiting for somebody to talk to her. And there she stood in the hallway on her little walker with the tennis balls on the bottom. And I went up and I said, hey, my name's Dave. How are you? So you're a veteran. Yep. What branch did you serve in? Which is a great way to start. Oh, really? What did you do in the Army? What did you do? She was in the Navy. What did you do? And she talked and talked. And I met another guy. And I I told this story on the radio. Uh, I met another guy who um, he was in a wheelchair. His name was Herb. And Herb was a character. You could tell that Herb is, was still a character, even though he was probably 85 or so. Herb, so you're in the Navy. Yep. I was on the aircraft carrier Ranger, I think he said. Really? What'd you do on the aircraft carrier Ranger? Chased women. <laughs> okay. Did you get a medal for that? He said, I sure did. I'm wearing it on my prick. Okay. This is inappropriate and disgusting and funny old people humor. Herb got a great chuckle out of being able to tell this joke probably for the millionth time and uh, and I'm proud of myself that I went up and I asked him about it so talk to your old people here is a story from uh sorry Heather Evans and she sent it to uh Dave Ryan at kdwb.com uh Dave I just listened to episode 26 of your podcast the part where you shared the email about talking to old people really hit me I'm going to be 40 years old this year, and still my favorite person to talk to is my 99-year-old grandma. 99. Her stories are epic, and her mind is still there, and she is the most engaging and hilarious person to talk with. I was fortunate enough to grow up next door to my grandparents, and grandma became my best friend early on. In my eyes, she was never an old person, even though 60 years separates us in age. She was always superwoman who lived through the Depression is the only living child of her family of 15 kids. And her family were notorious bootleggers. Yes, as a child, she helped make and still remembers how to make moonshine. Grandma was and still is a fireball and nobody to F with. I now have two girls, and my youngest is named after her. Ironically enough, Grandma's four-year-old namesake, Alice, is exactly like her, feisty and strong. My girls love their great-grandma. They call her Gigi, and I take them to see her often. It's amazing to hear her tell them the stories from her life that I grew up listening to. There is wide-eyed listening to them as I still am after all these years. We're trying to teach our girls to respect those that are older and that even though they're old, they are still they still very much matter and deserve our time and care as much as everyone else. It warms my heart when they ask to go see her or that they miss her. They love talking to her, and I hope they're learning early to appreciate those that are older as their stories are epic. Every time we go to her assisted living facility, we talk to a new person, so I love that. So they talk to somebody else besides just grandma. Not only does it seem to make their day, it makes ours as well. Thanks for all you do. Heather in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Heather, thank you. Thanks for passing along that experience. I think that's so true, and that's one of the main themes that we talk about in the podcast. So I don't want to go into it too much more. We've talked about it an awful lot. When you see old people, it's easy to start a conversation because they love to talk about the old days. You'll learn something, and you're doing something really nice and not in a gratuitous sort of way. You're not doing it just to make them feel good, even though there's nothing wrong with that. 
you can do it and learn something about it, about, you know, the past and, you know, whatever yourself. So if you see an old person, oh, hi, how are you? My name's Dave. And they'll introduce themselves like, oh, have you lived around here your whole life? And if they say yes, then you say, oh, you, I bet you've seen a lot of changes around here. Oh, boy, I sure have. Oh, really? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Oh, really? I'll bet that place has changed a lot since you grew up there. Or what was it like growing up in Detroit in the 40s? So anyway, um, I think my next book might be called uh, Talk to Old People. And then I need two others. Talk to Old People and uh, I don't have to think of something. Okay. One more thing I wanted to cover on the podcast. Let me see. I wrote a note to myself here. Uh, we covered the Vikings. Uh, we covered talking to old people. Uh, I just want to say don't give up on your kids. You're never going to give up on them anyway because you love them. But I just went on a trip with Carson. We just got back from uh, Colorado. Carson and I went out there to go skiing with Chase because Chase doesn't get to spend enough time with Carson. And I love my boys. And they're both just such great kids. And they really love each other. They have this deep love, even though they're kind of shy about it. They have this really deep love because when they were younger, they were all over each other. Carson clung to Chase and Chase just ate it up. And they remember those days. So anyway, we went out there. Chase was sick and he couldn't spend any time with us. And that was really a shame. He had influenza A. And so we had a big ski trip planned. So Carson and I went on our own. And Carson, I've told you before, he's always been shy and quiet, but he's getting so much better. And trust me, there have been plenty of times where I've just, I've wanted to say, screw it. I'm so tired of trying to get that kid to talk because he's so shy. And I've tried to talk to him and say, Carson, when people ask you questions, they don't want a yes or no answer. They want to talk to you. So when your former scoutmaster or your former band teacher says, how's college? And your answer is good. You have just killed their effort to make conversation. Um, and I know that's not always the best question. Sometimes it's in the form of the question, like what have you been doing at college would be a better question than how is college. But, you know, it's your responsibility and my responsibility and adults' responsibility and growing kids' responsibility to take an effort of conversation and help foster it. So if I were to meet you out somewhere, let's say we're in, I'm behind you at Cub, and I'm like, oh, hey, your name, fill in your name here. Uh, hey, what have you been up to lately? Well, you could say not much, or you could say, oh, I watched the Vikings game and we made chili because, you know, my wife makes this great chili or I make this great chili or whatever. And then we went um, snowshoeing and we're going to go ice fishing. So you get it. So Carson is getting a whole lot better at actually building upon the conversation and sometimes even starting conversation themselves. If your kid is blessed with charm and the gift of gab, realize how blessed you are. If you are blessed with charm and the gift of gab, please realize how gifted you are. What a blessing that is. Um, you're the kind of person that people want to be around because you talk and you're entertaining and you're engaging. And I know a lot of people, my friend Nate, he's a talker and I love him for that because you know what? And his wife, uh, Alyssa too. And I, they listen to the podcast every week. Shout out Nate. And, um, and, and they're talkers, and that's great. And they're the kind of people that you want to be around because they always feel you always feel like they're interested in what you're saying and there's never a dull moment. At the same time, they don't talk your freaking ear off where you want to go, will you please shut up? Hey, listen, it's okay to be shy. And I have some great friends that are kind of quiet, and that's okay because I kind of get that. And there are people who don't get uncomfortable with silence. 
there was a guy that used to work on our show, Crisco, one of my best friends. We are we, we still stay in touch, but we're not like as friendly as we used to be uh, because he works at another radio station. So we're both very competitive. But Crisco, love the guy. He is so uncomfortable with silence. He cannot stand silence. So when we used to stand in the studio and we were concentrating, I'd be checking email and Fallon would be writing some story and Steve would be putting something on the internet and Crisco would stand there and he would say, so um, uh, you guys see Family Guy last night? It was the one where Peter, blah, 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 blah. And because uh, he couldn't stand silence. That's not a knock on him. He just couldn't stand it. Um, anyway, so don't give up on whatever it is you're trying to teach your kid to do. And don't give up on yourself for what it is of whatever it is you're trying to learn to do, too. So I know a lot of the time it's easy to get up, give up, but don't. I mean, especially if it's your kid, it's your kid. All right, we're going to wrap it up here pretty quickly. Uh, go to the Facebook page. Uh, check and see if I posted anything new. I'd be curious myself to see if I posted anything new this week. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Oh, the Facebook page is take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Type it in, and it'll start to auto-populate, and you go there. Boom. I appreciate that. Tell your friend, if you have a friend that listens to our show, uh, if you have a friend that grew up listening to my show, tell them about the podcast. That's how I think podcasts get popular is word of mouth. So tell somebody. Maybe send them the link. If you got the link, um, then just tap that little box with the arrow and text it to a friend and say, hey, Dave's podcast, check it out. Also, rate the podcast, leave a little commentary on the podcast, uh, scroll all the, all the way, I think, down to the bottom. You can do that, too. So uh, send an email to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. It's all based on the book. The book is available on Amazon, and some bookstores have it. It's an older book, so not all of them carry it. You can order it through your local bookstore. I, 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 can, I encourage you to patronize your local bookstore. You can get it off of Amazon, too. It's got a Kindle version as well. And I'm thinking about doing the audio version because it only makes sense. I should do an audio version. I'm a DJ, right? Hey, thank you. The podcast would not happen if it wasn't for you listening to the podcast. And I appreciate that. And I'll try to make sure I do another one next week and stay consistent. Uh, but give me some ideas. What do you want to talk about? Maybe something you've learned, something your thoughts on the podcast. Maybe you think my Vikings theory is so wrong and you're pissed off and you want to tell me about it. Send it to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Have a great week and thanks for listening to Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. <laughs>